0: I wanted today to talk a little bit about uh, this concept that Jesus talks a lot about called the kingdom of God. And uh, this has been a realization that's um, kind of a revolution that's been hitting me for several years now of um, what is the gospel according to Jesus? What is the gospel according to Jesus? Um, and uh, Jesus, many, many times in scripture, talks about the good news of the kingdom the good news of the kingdom, or he sends his disciples out and says, go and declare that the kingdom of God has come to you today. Uh, He's talking to the Pharisees and he says, the kingdom of God is within you and among you. And uh, they're always looking for external signs and measurables of, you know, what God's doing and trying to get Jesus to do signs and wonders and tricks and magic show. And, And he continues to talk about this realm, this reality, uh, and um, in his prayer, uh, the Lord's Prayer, he says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I've been kind of um, being changed by this, this teaching. What is this kingdom that he's talking about? Um, and so we're going to talk about the kingdom today. We're going to talk about how do we abide with Jesus? How do we live with him in a way that makes sense? a way that's natural, and then how do we do that together? Um, So communion with God, community with ourselves, and uh, our commission as how do we do that, uh, living and working and breathing where we are. Um, I just want to share with you just a little bit about um, how Jesus began to work in my life. Um, it was through a local church that I became a believer, and uh, there's a church down in the city It had a basketball gym. I happened to go in there one day and came out, uh, changed forever. I heard the Word of God, and it made sense to me, and um, God started speaking to my heart. I mean, He started speaking to my life. He brought things into perspective for me, and it was just a life and death decision, you know? I faced Jesus, and he said, what's it going to be? Today's the day. Are you going to choose death, destruction, pain, chaos, or are you going to choose me, life, having a family, having a purpose? Um, and I just really kind of reluctantly said, oh, well, okay, if you're real, then I'll follow you. I had a lot of um, misconceptions about Christians and the church and the Bible and the whole thing. I thought religion was just kind of an, in, you know, an invention of man to be able to manipulate people for their money and their emotions and stuff. So I didn't have a very positive view of the church. But then I met Jesus, and he was totally different. <laughs> and I started studying the Bible, and it was just amazing. I, this man, Jesus, saying these things he says and um, doing the things he did and seeing wherever Jesus showed up, something ha- happened. I mean, there was never a point where Jesus woke up one day and just did something and nothing awesome happened. I mean, every day was an awesome day. uh, But I always kind of felt a disconnect, you know, like with the reality of my Christian life and then the reality of the scriptures. It seemed like such a stark contrast. And uh, when I was in college, um, a friend of mine invited me to go on a mission trip, which I didn't know really what that was exactly. But he said, We're going to go to Kosovo and help refugees there that are suffering from this war. It was 1999. Milosevic was going through Kosovo, ethnic cleansing and the whole deal, just like you hear. Um, Well, I found myself uh, very close to that conflict. I spent about six weeks in a refugee camp in the mountains of Albania, doing daily life with, uh, with people. Totally unlike me. They were Muslim. Uh, they spoke a different language, lived a different life, uh, but I found myself right in the middle of something God was doing, and it was very powerful. It was a profound experience. changed my whole life, but this idea of kingdom, when when uh, the kingdom of God is a place where the rule and reign of Jesus is in effect, the rule and reign of God. So when I'm talking about the kingdom of God, I'm not talking about a place necessarily, I'm talking about a realm um, where God's rule and reign is normal, right? Brotherly love, unity, equality, life, abundant life that Jesus talks about. Um, not only for us as individuals, but for us as as families, communities, and cities. Um, I found myself in this place, and uh, it was really uh, kind of, amazing it was i found myself in this moment let me describe it to you i was sitting in the uh, two times uh, i was sitting in a kitchen uh we we served big pots of soup every day and and i would go around and serve people and we'd hang out and have lunch and stuff and they lived in this dry riverbed it was nothing no vegetation at all just rocks and mountains and dust and uh, people were living in these big round uh, white tents that, that the United Nations had provided. And these are people with jobs, businesses, homes. Kosovo. Uh, I thought refugees were just people that lived in deserts somewhere. I didn't have any idea. I just see them walking down the dusty road. Um, but I met people that were really uh, a lot more like me than I than I realized. Um, most of these folks were middle class, upper middle class. Kosovo is a beautiful country. I mean, lush, fertile valleys, wonderful. And um, these are people that had businesses, lives, bank accounts, went on vacations, had families, homes, lived a wonderful lifestyle until somebody took it all away. And uh, so I found myself identifying, you know, past culture, past religion, just as human beings, being in this place together. And there was a sense of... um, I grew up in a very kind of fundamentalist tradition where the model of understanding your world was us and them. We're believers and they're lost. You know, we're saved, they're lost. We're believers, they're atheists or whatever. It's this weird kind of uh, um, dynamic. Well, I found myself in this place and that just didn't work. You know, (laughs) you're around a whole, everybody's different than you. You know, And so that security of having this little bubble to grow up in where everybody looked like me, believed like me, talked like me, dressed like me, um, just wasn't there. That convenience wasn't there, and I'm so glad it was. Uh, it wasn't. So I'm sitting in this kitchen, and there's people from all over the world here, Norwegians, People's Aid, Salvation Army, Southern Baptists, Lutherans. I mean, they are just all these different people uh, volunteering in this refugee camp. And we started a conversation after dinner one time, and I asked the guy, well, where, where do you go to church? And he goes, I go to the Salvation Army Church. I kind of looked at him, I was like, hmm, now I'm in college, I didn't know anything about the Salvation Army, I thought it was a place you took used clothes. And he's like, no, we're, we're a church. I was like, you're a church? What the heck? So he tells me about the Salvation Army Church. And then over here, there were some Lutherans, and these are people from all over the globe, not just America, different countries. You know, we had some Southern Baptists, and I just assumed because everybody was loving and serving and really just being a part of the solution that everybody believed the same things. Uh, and when we got started talking, we started talking about doctrine and dogma and church traditions. And I believed, I realized that not everybody in this room believes the same things. <laughs> but in a sense, we all believed in the one thing. And uh, that was the first um, time that I really saw unity among people that were committed to God, uh, getting involved and changing their world. And really, it was about that one thing that we all could agree on. And uh, that was the first time I was like, wow, really, we don't all have to believe the same thing to be doing what's right. So that was kind of a a weird thing. The next moment where I so that was a glimpse of the unity of the body of Christ globally, That's the kingdom of God. That's why we're here. This is who we are. This is what we're doing. The other moment that that kind of hit me was I was sitting in a makeshift living room, which was really just a tarp that was strung off of a tree, uh, having uh, tea with this Muslim family that I had gotten to know. And it was just amazing. I would show up uh, every day, and they would have one of their children run and get me a cold Coca-Cola in the glass bottle, the one liter, you know. I'm like these people don't have any money hardly at all. They've set up a little, you know, commissary area and they're going and spending money on me every day to come. And I had no idea about Muslim uh, hospitality or anything. And I just I kept saying no, you know, don't do that. You know, like we're here to help you. You're poor. Remember, you know. <laughs> and uh I was humbled, you know, to a great degree and still am um, by those kind of experiences. But he was honoring me. You know, and I'll, I'll never forget we're sitting in the room, and it was me, and my missionary buddy, you know, kind of incognito, we're gonna share Christ with them, which by the way, this missionary had known this family um, for a long time, and we just you just wouldn't believe how many cool conversations about Jesus that they would get into um, so it's me, my missionary friend, the Salvation Army guy, and then uh, a gay lesbian couple from Germany who are atheists. <laughs> and we're sitting around having a conversation and it was amazing. And the guys the guys just asked us why did why did you come here? Why did you come here? And we were just like, "Man, because we believe in Jesus and Jesus loves everybody we just wanted to, you know, we wanted to come and be a part of it and share our life with you. We heard your struggles." And everybody kind of had the same answer, really because of love. And my reason for love was the love of Jesus, and this uh, this couple here, um, they it was so amazing, you know. They said, "Well, we saw what was happening on the news and thought we would come help. We just decided we were going to come help." Isn't that amazing? Just love. We just love you guys. And this guy was very um, it was very profound. He said, "I think it's just amazing that you people would come all the way from America to to." Check on us. I mean, you want to talk about a forgotten place? This is a forgotten place. I mean, nobody cares about these people. There's no news coverage. I mean, they are literally indefinitely staying in tents. That's it. Their children have nothing to do. It's depressing. It's horrible. And he was just so blown away that we would come all the way over. And um, that's another time when I saw the the kingdom of God come to a place. It was it was a horrible place, honestly. But by the time we left, it was a happy place. And it wasn't because we made something change. We just showed up and were being ourselves and started a soccer camp and played games with the kids. And you just wouldn't believe how what that did for parents. You know, Their children are happy. They're having fun. It was just an amazing time where um, I just showed up and found myself in the midst of something Jesus was doing. So um, there are many other things where I've just those moments in life, I think, where we've all been, where you just look up and something cool's happening, you know, something that's beyond us, beyond our propaganda, beyond our, our message, beyond our understanding. It's just God's in this place doing something wonderful in our hearts. And so ever since then, I've been discovering this mystery in the scriptures about the kingdom, you know. Paul said there's a mystery that's been hidden throughout the ages but now I'm going to tell you what it is it's Christ in you the hope of glory the hope that you're seeking is not external it's something that I'm doing inside of you in fact it's quite strange it's really weird if you think about it like the living God came down as a man and now he's going to possess your body he's going to take control of everything the old you is going to pass away and behold all things are coming new For the rest of your life, you're going to be possessed by God. In your body, just the regular old you and me, we're going to be possessed by the living God. The creator of galaxies is going to live inside of me and express himself through me and to me. Um, What an amazing, (laughs) what an amazing journey. And so I want to talk a little bit about that um, with Joe. Uh, Go ahead and come on up, Joe. And uh Joe's just someone I really love. This guy is such an amazing uh, man and person. And uh, we've been talking about what does this life look like when the kingdom of God um, shows up. And uh, not just for me personally. I think that's the way that I always understood my faith. It was like this personal relationship. And all of us have this personal relationship that we're living Kind of privately. Now we bump into each other every Sunday and say hi, and some of it rubs off, and a little bit of it rubs off here. Uh, but how do we get, um, how do we get past just living a private, personal faith into this community of faith, this pouring out of spirit on all flesh uh, that's prophesied in the, in the Old Testament, this new covenant? How does this play itself out in the way that we live? And so. I wanted to ask Joe to kind of explain some of the things he's learning and some of the things we've talked about, about how do we live this this uh, kingdom of God life where Jesus shows up, um, not just on um, special trips and special occasions, but just in everyday life in our families, in our communities, neighborhoods, and city. Uh, Joe, why don't you tell them just quickly about a little bit about where you live and, uh, and
1: uh, how you're seeing this fleshed out. Um, like Brad said, my name is Joe, and I've been living in Oklahoma City for about five years. I've been part of a community called The Refuge, um, which is just an extension of the church here in Oklahoma City, and about four years ago, there was about six of us that moved into uh, an old crack house. Um, It was one of the largest crack houses in Oklahoma, according to the OKCPD, and um, we just felt called to go and live in a neighborhood um, where we ministered, really. Um, I'm from San Diego. I used to go and pass out sandwiches in poor neighborhoods and lunch sacks. And I really felt God convicting me of, if I've given you a heart for the poor, why, why aren't you giving up your life to follow me? Follow me where I'm at. And, and there was six of us that decided that we were supposed to move into this old crack house, which was right across the street from City Rescue Mission. A lot of transients and homeless around. And we really didn't know why we were there. Com- completely oblivious to the real reason why we were there. Um, we, were, we were defined by what we did, not who we are. And I think in, in our church culture, we are mo- more often defined by what we do, not who we are. And we value what we do, not where we're at. So, four years later, there's about 60 or 70 of us living in this, um, in this building in the neighborhood south of us. And one of the things that we're trying to value is this idea of community and living in close proximity to one another and being the church on a day to day basis. And it's really unique for me to be a part of that. Um, and there's been a lot of things that, have, uh, that the Lord has taught me in the process. Uh, one of the things that he's taught me is that it's less about doing and more about being. It's less about doing and more about being. God has placed you where you're at for a reason and for a purpose. And I think even today I'm, I'm sitting over there thinking about what's going what's to happen after, after this time with you. I'm going to go to lunch with my dad. After that I'm going to help my friend move. It's really hard for us to just be present in this moment, and be where God's placed us. First in our home, Brad's talking about the kingdom and how that flushes out in our community. Is, and I just want to I, I want to define like what really quick what our values are. We have these values that we talk we talk about. They're called up, in, and out. Up is to the Father. It's our relationship with Him. In is intimacy in Christ and with each other, and we go out by the Spirit. And um, the in the intimacy in Christ part is where community happens. And one of the the really cool things about community is that no matter where you're at, you have a common unity with anyone you come into contact with. So the reason why we're here this morning is not because. Uh, we all attend the vine church or we live in this neighborhood or we live in Oklahoma City the the one common unity that we always have is Jesus he is our common unity and he is the reason why we're here everything flows according to Romans 11:36 everything flows from him through him and to him everything all things that's that's powerful it's it's powerful um and so, f- over the past four years, we've been really learning. At first, we went down. We thought we were there for the people that were in the neighborhood, and the Lord just started to work on our hearts and show us it was all about Him. We could have been defined by social justice. We could have been defined by reneighboring the hood, or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call That's it. That's a good one. Reneighboring the hood. Can I use that? If you want to. Okay,
0: I'm gonna tat. Can I get a tattoo?
1: If you want, yeah, it's, that'd be great. That's so, I, I would love to see you with a so, tattoo, actually. That's
0: so gangster, though.
1: I don't know. I like I, it,
0: but for God, but for God.
1: But there was all, everyone was always asking us, what do you do, what do you do, what do you do? And we had to say something that we did to bring value to what we did. And so before it was, we would say these different things that we did, and today, when someone asks us, What are your values? We follow Jesus. We do that life on life. We do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. What do you do? We follow Jesus. We do that life on life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then through the Spirit's leading, in each moment where we're at, we live that out in obedience to him. So that that's really uh
0: that's really kind of where i'm i'm learning to be is um instead of looking to the next thing, you know. I kind of was a mission trip junkie for a while, you know what I'm talking about. People kind of it's kind of a christian tourism at this point <laughs> where you just you know, what's your christian destination, you know? Oh, i'm going to africa. What people do you have a heart for, you know? <laughs> I have a heart for the people of indonesia. um And I I kind of uh, got on that bandwagon because I just kept seeing so so many beautiful things. I would just go to a different place, totally out of my element, and I'd just see something so beautiful. I just want to be a part of it again. So I would go again uh, and again and got to visit places all over the world. It's so amazing, Um, whether you're in – I was in a village in the mountains of Nicaragua or on the streets of London or in a refugee camp or – In Cambodia or wherever it was, God was doing the same things in people's hearts, you know, redeeming us from shame and addiction and sin into life with him, restoring all things. And uh, my problem, though, was I just kind of had this grid. It was always like two worlds. Like I had my church life and I had my church friends and then I had uh, regular life, right? My work life my family life, my school life. And these, these two things, I would always just kind of bounce back and forth, you know, and finding a way to integrate my life and my faith in a natural rhythm, uh, was something that's take is taking years and years. Uh, but I, I just didn't like that. I didn't like the fact that I was living in two worlds, you know, like God's world. And then the real world is kind of always how I felt, you know? And, uh, I just was looking for a way to um, to kind of see that happen. One of the things we've been doing, my wife and I, about six or seven blocks from here is where we live and work, and uh, there's a community of international refugees, a few hundred, that live not far from here. And uh, this has been going on, we've been involved in that community for like about the last five years, and this is kind of the first time that I felt like, oh, okay, cool, like, my life is getting into a rhythm. The people I live with are the people that I work with and the people that I share my life with, and also where we do ministry, where we're being ministered to. and these are with people not like us, Muslims and Buddhists and and Christians, lots of Christians, um, but different kinds of Christians and uh. It's been really cool, uh, but I'm still trying to kind of wrap my mind around how do I um, position myself or how do I actually live the life that God has for me in my design where I'm at, like where I actually live. I think that's really uh, it's simple. something just God led us to do, like we stumbled upon it. I didn't come out with a, a theory on church planting and say, okay, now we're going to go do this. I think we just found something that was in front of us, and we just stepped into it. And uh, that was discovering that there were refugees in the city. There were needs there. They happened to be our neighbors. And it was just a natural flow. And for the first time, I I began to see that living on mission uh, with God uh, can be a natural part of life. It doesn't have to be something that's um, unique or particular or something that happens in another place. It can just be regular life, you know, being a missionary where we are, um, but, uh, I know that's a struggle for the American church, we're in a co- kind of commuter culture, um, where we're going to church outside of where we live, how do we, how do we, um, nurture the kingdom of God, welcome the kingdom of God, live the kingdom of God, uh, where we are, how do you see, what are some of the things you're seeing God doing? Well,
1: around? I've got a few thoughts on that, and, um, It's more simple than we make it out to be. Uh, It really is. You know, after four years of living on mission in a missional community, it really, it's less to do with our neighbors and doing something for them, and it's more to do with our hearts and our own obedience to where God has naturally placed us and where our feet naturally take us. And we've been trying to work through this idea of mission is actually the kingdom and the reality of the kingdom around us. And as ministers of reconciliation, as ambassadors for Christ, as second Corinthians five says, we, we are to bring restoration wherever, wherever God's placed us. It doesn't have to be down on, on my street in crack alley. Um, you know, or it doesn't have to be in the most obvious places. Actually, it's probably the the less obvious places is where God really wants us to go deep. And and more often that is. The kingdom starts within you, and then in your home. There's there's just something about sovereign placement that we just miss out on in our culture. But there's there's this one thing that that I realized lately. Um, that it's physically impossible to not be where you're at. It's physically impossible to not be where you're at. However, it is completely possible to not be where you're at emotionally, spiritually, in your mind, in your heart, relationally. You can be somewhere else and live in a home with people that you don't know or in a community of people that you don't go deep with when that's where God has placed you. There's so much value in recognizing the importance of being where God's placed you and loving where you're at. And it's so freeing to know that God has placed you there and you can be there. Like You can bring the kingdom where you're at.
0: That's really. <laughs> I, I spent so much energy trying to find God. You know what I'm saying? Have you done that before? Like, oh man, what's my purpose in life? What's my what's my mission? What's my design? What's the vision that God's given me? You know, and constantly searching for it out here, um, and just accepting the fact that it's something He's doing in me. Um, that's really comforting. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's, very, uh, that's very cool. And uh, I'm experiencing that just to let, just let it happen. You know, It's something he's already doing. And I think that's really interesting. At Sparrow Project, what we, what we really are passionate about doing is mobilizing the church. That's it. Um, I'm going to write something. I don't know. Paper, blog, something. Just let my people go. That's my message to the the American church. Let my people go. Let them go. Stop gathering and hoarding the people of God. Let them go. Stop building your empire, your buildings and programs. Let them go. They're meant to be free. We're sojourners on this earth. Go and multiply. Subdue the earth. Return to our original design. And um, I think that's been... Uh, something that's really for me is personally just becoming more and more free in that. Where am I? God, where are you at work? Remember that Henry Blackaby, you know. Where's God at work? In my own heart, in my own family, as Joe and I are processing, you know, I'm, 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 you know, part of my job is to see where God's at work and then help the church engage, you know, especially in the margins, the poor, the oppressed, you know. Um, places where we tend, we tend not to be, just physically and spiritually, emotionally. Um, there is a tension there where I want to move more into the margins, um, but then also just realizing that God's moving into my margin. You know, He's moving into my home, and I'm beginning to ask those questions. God, where are you at work in my home with my children, with my neighbors? God, where are you at work in my job? Where are you working? Um, And the idea of um, just being present. I think that was something cool that uh, you were talking about earlier um, before we came. is um, The idea of just being there. I think the metaphor of the gospel is this. You ready? This is the gospel. God's message to us. I am with you. That's it. I am with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Wherever you're going, I'm there. Wherever you're at, I'm there. Wherever you've been, I was there. I am with you. Right? That's that's the message of God. Everything else moves into this. It flows out of his glory for who he is, not who we want him to be. But I am with you. I'm going to make my home with you. I want you to make your home with me. that's John fifteen abiding in abide in my love. remain here with me. stay here with me. Don't try to take me out i'm I'm here and that happens to be in your heart, right I mean not in your heart in your life like your whole being um So I think that's really kind of cool is letting the kingdom of God uh, discovering and becoming more aware of that the kingdom of God is, is inside of us
1: and out there. And I've got so many thoughts on this. I really don't even know what direction to go with this but because it's something we talk about all the time. But the household or the home is so important. And for me, like practically in our culture, it's really hard to know how we're supposed to love our neighbor and who is our neighbor. Um, and really, that's not the question. It's um, who are you supposed to be a good neighbor to? That's what Jesus said in, in in Luke ten. He kind of reversed it and he said, who who was who do you think was the neighbor to the one that was in need? And in that story, the Samaritan man, was on his natural path. He didn't go out looking for something good to do for someone else. He was just on, on his path through life, and this person was in front of him. It wasn't striving. It was abiding. John 15. The word abide, in my version, comes up ten times in seven verses related to how to bear fruit. Mm. And the, the church here is called the vine. We are branches. He is the vine. He comes and prunes us as a branch. You just sit there. Anyone ever seen a fruit tree? The branch striving to produce fruit? It just like sits there. Like blows in the wind, maybe moves because of the wind. Some outside force moves it, but it doesn't do anything to produce fruit because it's remaining in the vine. And that's how we're going to have the most impact on our city is is we get our homes in order, we be where we're at, recognize that God is not preparing us for where we're going as much as he's prepared us for where we're at.
0: Hmm.
1: So be there. You know, yeah. Be where you're at. That's, that's and awesome. if, you're, if you're thinking about going somewhere, think about, can I stay there? Can I remain there? Because if you can't stay where you're going, I don't know that you should go. Wait a
0: second. Wait a second.
1: That's pretty deep. I don't know if that makes sense. I think it does. Okay. For For me, I was going down and, and doing good once a month for two hours. And the relationship was non-existent. It was like I was watering a flower once a month and I was happy and the sun was shining and they were happy. The, the flower was happy. And then I would leave for 30 days, maybe 60 days, retreated back to where God had placed me and that flower was dying and I went back and the flower was actually gone. That relationship wasn't there. It was an unnatural interaction dysfunctional interaction. And and then the Lord's like, Joe, I've given you this heart. Go and live there. And then when I got down there, I thought it was about the flower, but it wasn't about the flower. It was about me. It was about my obedience.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of where we're landing just as urban missionaries and just regular just Christian people, where we're living, um, in the in the rhythms of life, is just um, this idea of obedience, and that's loving our neighbor, changing our city, reaching the poor, helping the oppressed, whatever the the cause is. That's the idea is just obedience, and um, I wanna I wanna wrap up just by reading uh, John 15 as I was preparing for today. Um, This is where I'm landing in my life. Here's where I'm at. We've used the word at, which is a preposition at the end of a sentence, probably a dozen times. And for those who are in journalism or simply grammatically aware, they're back there going, oh, oh, this is where I am at the moment. (laughs) Um, I just want to hear the voice of God. That's it. I want God to speak to me. I want to hear his voice. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd and my sheep hear my voice. They don't recognize the voice of a stranger. They follow me. And let me tell you, I've lived this Christian life up, down, sideways, left, right, anywhere you want to go. I've been there. Anything you want to do, I've done it in Christian world. And at the end of the day, I just want to hear the voice of God. That's it. I was sold a bill of goods that said being used by God is like the apex of the Christian life. And uh, after I was used by God a lot, I just found myself tired and worn out. I just wanted to know if somebody loved me or not. If my life counts for something, am I making a difference? And I'd been used by God most of my life to do amazing things, to say amazing things, to see amazing things. But at the end of the day, What I want is just to be friends with God in a place where I'm learning to hear his voice, getting rid of any of the static electricity in my life so that I can just hear his voice. Because when we hear his voice, it's completely clear. There's no theorizing about it. You ever heard the voice of God? Something, maybe not audibly, but something that was so clear, it was like unimportant. You don't, you don't have to think about it. It's just like, there it is. That's the abiding. And when I think about the Vine Church, that's what I think about. I don't think about our mission in the city. I don't think about our location primarily. I think of what can happen when a group of people start hearing from God. And he begins to set forth the road. He begins to help define who we are. He begins speaking into the design of every person in this room and beyond. He begins to speak to our children. We begin to live this life together when we abide together. The kingdom of God comes as we abide together where we are. So let me read John 15. This is Jesus speaking. We'll wrap up after this. I'm reading out of the message. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. He cuts off every branch of me that does not bear fruit, and every branch that is fruit bearing, he prunes it back so that it will bear even more. You are already pruned back by the message that I've spoken to you. Live in me, make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, but only being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you're joined with me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation, intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my Father shows who He is, when you produce fruit, when you mature as my disciples. I've loved you the way that the Father has loved me, Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done. I've kept my father's commands and made myself at home in his love. I told you these things for a purpose, that my joy may be your joy. This is my command, that you love one another exactly the way that I've loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the lines for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things that I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything that I've heard from my father. Remember, you did not choose me But I chose you, and put in you, and put you into the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he will give you. But remember the root command, love one another. Father in heaven, we thank you. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for your unfailing love. It's just like it's all around us. And uh, I pray your forgiveness um, and your mercy, God, for trying to make this complicated. And um, forgive us. We're so short sighted and uh, oftentimes self consumed. And so. We come to you, Lord, and we we know that despite, in spite of ourselves, you're moving and working, loving and freeing, and setting us free to remain in your love, God. Thank you, Lord, that you've made us friends, and not just people that you boss around and tell to go here and do this. Thank you for your invitation to friendship, to communion, to unity with one another and with you. We say, Lord, that we want more of you. We want more of your love. We want more of your purpose. We want to live the secret and hidden name that you have for us in heaven. We want you to give that to us. And we say, God, we're going to lay down whatever we need to lay down to be able to hear your voice and to obey your commands. Spirit of God, you are God. And we say that we can't do it without you. We can't understand the words of God. We can't receive the commands of our Savior Jesus without you. And so I pray that you'd come in and fill this place, fill our hearts, fill every single person with the confidence of knowing that you're going to speak to us, you're going to empower us, you're going to animate us to live the life that you've created for us to live pray against all fear in the name of Jesus. I pray against all shame in the name of Jesus. I pray against all failure in the name of Jesus. Release us, Lord, from any limitation that would keep us from knowing you and being obedient to your word. We totally, fully rely on you to do these things. Transform us, revive us, refresh us today and show us who you are we want to see you today when we sing this song when we walk out of here every moment god we want to see your face and we want to have a conversation with you and whoever you want to bring across our path make us into the people you want us to be and we'll thank you for it and we love you in jesus name amen